Father, thank you for this beautiful day that you have given us. Thank you for this opportunity to come together, your children, in this place that you've given us to come and worship you and to fellowship with one another, to draw closer to you and to be helped by you, to be healed, empowered, loved and prospered and in turn to teach others to receive the same of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, I love those scriptures you were just reading. And it just reminds me of the, how thankful I am to, to live in this church age, this age of grace and truth. Jesus having accomplished everything on our behalf. The cross makes a difference, you know. In the Old Testament, as you read through, you're so thankful that, you know, there was protection from God available, but it was, it had to be achieved, <laughs> you know. Now it just, it's just received by faith. And we thank God that now that we know Him, and he lives in us. We have an unction, a knowing from the Holy Ghost. We've become made alive in our spirit where we were dead before. And the world surely suffers. And in many cases, as you mentioned, their, their hearts are hardened and darkened by the perpetual sin. They have waxed cold. It's just like you take a string and... Dip it in the wax again and again and again until you get the candle. That's what waxing cold to God is. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen with one instance of going against your conscience. It takes a while to sear that conscience to make it hardened to the voice and outreach of God. And we need to stay close to the Lord through His Word. We are, we are His children. He is responsible for us. He feeds us. And He wants us to come to Him daily for that manna from heaven. His Word. I want to help everyone who hears this message. And we thank you for all those all around the world that have opportunity to hear this message and we know that the anointing is carried on even through the airwaves and different medias and things that uh, provide access to this. So God bless you if you're listening no matter where you are. And for those here, God is going to really show us something today and I pray for your precious anointing, Father, that breaks every yoke. Help this seed to be planted in the hearts of your children today and help them to protect it, knowing that the enemy will come immediately to steal it from them. Don't let him. Protect it. Nurture this seed and cause it to take root and bear fruit in your lives. Amen? I'll show you something. Second Corinthians chapter 5. I'm just going to read. For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home, this body, 
is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling, if indeed by putting it on we may not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent, we groan, being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. Underline verse 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. And then he talks about the fact that we'll all appear before the Lord one day and give account. <clears throat> That's not for judgment unto hell for those that belong to Him, by the way. You're going to get rewards. Or some will pass through... A, and everything except uh, their salvation will be burned up like hay and stubble. So you get there, but maybe smell a little like smoke. <laughs> but hey, just getting there. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> faith. 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 This year, I have... <clears throat> Ask the Lord if he does nothing else. With, but through me, as with David, with his few sheep. To help those who hear. To grow stronger in their Christian life. To learn about his spiritual laws and to be empowered to get it, that the lights would go on. And the law of faith is something that is misunderstood. And sometimes not even addressed. Faith isn't based on anything that we can see. If it is, then it's not faith. Faith is a confidence in an unseen reality. Amen. Reality. Not, not something that's not there. It's there, but you can't see it. It requires faith. It requires this word. It requires the assistance of the Holy Spirit. Now, this isn't some sort of Christian science, which isn't Christian or science. This is reality for the children of God. Faith doesn't ignore our natural senses, but it isn't limited by them either. Okay? Faith perceives the spiritual and makes it true in the physical. Okay? The physical reality will bow down to spiritual truth. The greater truth. 
When all the natural that we do see is gone, the spiritual will remain. The spiritual created this natural. And God has called us to walk in the spiritual reality. To grow stronger in that. Because everything provided through the atonement of Jesus Christ, through the cross, all of the grace of God is already settled. Yes and amen is the answer for you. For all the promises of God. If He did it for one, He'll do it for you. He's no respecter of persons. He doesn't change. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If He did it for them, He'll do it for you. Go over to Mark chapter 5 now. And we're going to talk about one of the key ingredients today of faith. Of working faith. How's that? And you're going to see it because God will make it simple. When it's too complicated, it's usually not God. And I thank Him that He has given me that that revelation, that wisdom to keep it simple and to help people. I have been amongst ministers who made it their goal to make it seem so complicated. And their goal really was they were trying to build a kingdom unto themselves. In other words, without them, you would have no way of understanding these greater truths. And that's, that's some of the uh, fallacy of some of the religions that are attached to Christianity today. Some of the horrible atrocities that we see going on in the world and have been going on for many, many, many years should have been stopped long ago. If they were in my midst, they would be stopped. But it's all because of wrong doctrine. Nevertheless, what I want to talk about today, this key ingredient in working faith is determination. Determination is one of the necessary ingredients for working faith. It's, it's, it's working faith or determination is, is simply this. The power to make choices, to set goals, and to act upon them firmly in spite of opposition or difficulty. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Nope, that was before. Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. It's a passage of scripture most of you are familiar with. Go down to the 25th verse. He was preaching. Someone had just come and got him. There was a great crowd around him. And someone had come and got him. And asked him to to come and heal his daughter. And he was on his way. But there was a great crowd thronging about him. That means they were pressing in on all sides. You can imagine that, right? Think of the craziest concert you've ever been to down on the floor. And they were all pushing around you, right? (laughs) Halfway through verse 24, it says, And a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. Verse 25, And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years, 
and who had suffered much under many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus, and came up behind him in the crowd, and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garment, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, Who touched me? In other words, everyone touched you. And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came to, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. This is the English Standard Version. <clears throat> she was determined. Amen. We can all agree on that. <laughs> She had spent years, years in this situation. It's a bad situation. Those of us who are not women, we we can't empathize, but by golly, we get it. You know, that's a bad deal. That's a bad deal. And we, we you have nothing but pity for that, that person. And she had spent all her money on doctors. She had done everything in the natural that she could do. But then she heard about Jesus, didn't she? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. She didn't have a New Testament sitting around on her shelf like we have 15 that we have to dust off every now and then. But she heard about God. She heard about Jesus and what he was doing. That he could heal her. And she found him. She sought after him. But even then, when she found him, she had to... She had to break through. She needed a breakthrough. (laughs) She had to break through this crowd that thronged all about him. I can imagine the crowd. He He had quite a large following. He had to thin them out every now and then. He'd tell them something crazy. Let you eat my blood. Let you eat my flesh and drink my blood. <laughs> no one had ever taken communion before. They didn't know what he was talking about. Anyway, he had a big crowd that day. They were all about him. But this little sickly woman, she, what? She busted through the crowd to touch the the hem of his garment? How did she do that? Not only that, plus she was unclean. In the, the Jewish law, the Hebrew law, it allowed for the people to stone her if they found out she was out in public in this condition. Especially in, a, in the midst of them, like in this situation, I could see that it would turn to something like that probably. But she was determined. But I still have problems seeing this little sick woman in that condition 
bust through the big crowd to go touch the hem of his garment. How did she do that? I'm convinced that she was on her hands and knees. It doesn't say that in either account, but I I really think that's how it had to go down. She was determined. That's the point, though. But I think she was on her hands and knees. The point is she would have done anything to get to the Lord. Most people would not. And they wouldn't get healed either. You know, David... I hear people talk about the wonderful stories of the Bible. And and they they say things like, Oh, I wish I I wish I could experience that. I wish I had faith like that, or experience like that. I think about people in the Bible like David. And it's it's easy to get used to these stories and to kind of see how cool they were, but if you ever really put yourself there. How many of us would have faced that giant with slingshot? David wasn't the biggest. He wasn't even a soldier. He had older brothers who were all there doing that. The whole army was there afraid of this giant, including the king, who was the, who was a, the, the biggest, most perfect uh, in stature in their community. That's why he was one of the reasons he was anointed as king, Saul. But David did what no one else was willing to do. And he went all the way through with it, didn't he? Look at Daniel in the, in the lion's den. You know, we might have got thrown in the lion's den with Daniel. Or like Daniel did. But would we have behaved as he did? Fearless. Because fear would have got him killed. Fear is the opposite. is the killer of faith. Amen. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If Tavana was here, she, I would laugh because she would be looking at me because she'd want to say Shadrach, Meshach, and under the bed we go. That's how they remembered it in Sunday school as kids. <laughs> but those those guys, they were, they were determined. They, they weren't going to change their mind about God. It didn't matter what happened. It didn't matter what happened. And that's important these days because so many people cave to what you know, the, 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 the biggest problem with the church today is it's always looking over its shoulder to see what people think. That's why we have so many mealy mouth fence sitters, not only in the church, but in the pulpit. And that's why we, and that's the result. They're not going to go higher than their teacher. And when he's preaching, Based on his own circumstances and situations, he'll never go beyond that. <laughs> Nevertheless, we see that these people go to great extremes. They're determined. And sometimes we're saying, God, why don't you? And I'm saying, He's already done it, it's already provided for. But I'll never forget, I was. Seeking the Lord about some things, and and uh, and basically probably had some self pity mixed in there, but really seeking an answer for what I was asking. And he he said <laughs> he sent someone to me in a dream. It wasn't him this time. He has come to me in dreams a couple of times. If you read my book, 
but this was just a, an angel or something. It was a woman, but she was standing. I say it was a woman. I'm not really sure. It was like a, an angel. It was just, you knew it was a, a present, someone from God, about from here to my truck out there outside. And just all he said was, how bad do you want it? Over and over again, just yelling at me. <laughs> and I knew because, you know, God will cause you to know when he's talking to you about a certain thing. And, and it, was, it just came in a way that I knew what they were saying. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? In other words, don't blame God. The things that you're asking for are available. They're already on account. But you receive those things provided by grace, by faith. So where's your faith? Where's your determination? How far are you willing to go? How far have you gone? And I knew that I came up short. It wasn't, it's not a condemning thing. It should be empowering to know that we have something to do about it. Better than this false teaching about the sovereignty of God to the extent that I mean, we know God is the Alpha. We know He can do anything. We know He knows everything. We know He's all-powerful. But the sovereignty of God, He doesn't... This this case, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. Whatever happens is what God intended. That's not true. Something else I want to mention about this story. I want to look at Jesus in this. Jesus had to grow in wisdom and in stature and in all ways in his natural body, just like we do. Do you realize that? I hear people talk about, oh, how fun it must have been growing up with Jesus. Mary, hey, hey, Jesus, will you give me that thing off the top shelf there? Sure. (laughs) Not true. Not true at all. He didn't do that. There's no no record of him doing any miracle until John the Baptist, his cousin, baptized him in the river Jordan. And he came up and at the same time he was simultaneously baptized with the Holy Spirit. Nothing before then. His ministry was three and a half years. The rest of his life... 30 years was born, was lived preparing for that three and a half year ministry. Amen. Luke 2.52. I'm just going to read it real quick. I think that's for show you something. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. You see that? That's Luke 2.52. He had to grow in wisdom. He had to grow in his physical mind. He had physical limitations, just as we do. Now, through his spirit, in this case, in this story we're talking about today, this was during the three and a half year ministry, that he was already anointed and baptized with the Holy Ghost. The same thing that you have available to you and through his spirit he was able to draw on the mind of God just as we do you see we have the mind of Christ Luke 
847. Let's see here. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him and declared in the presence of all the people. See, she, she came and told the truth, but she realized at some point she wasn't hidden from him any longer. Why? Because he had discerned, he had drawn on the mind of God in his spirit. And when she didn't come forth right away, it was revealed to him. Okay? Why is this important? Because I'm trying to show you that you are just as Jesus was when he was here. Now, he was the first fruits. He was the natural born son of God. And you are adopted children with the same rights and privileges, though. He made himself completely human. He had to come here and be as we were in order to be our kinsman redeemer. It was a man who gave away what God had given us in the garden. And it was a man who had to get it back. That's why we were stuck on four. <laughs> And Father, Son, Holy Ghost, creation entered in corruption. We were stuck. Nothing we could ever do to redeem ourselves. Thank God for redemption through grace. But he was just as we are. And I'm trying to impart to you today that he didn't have anything that you don't have while he was here. Amen. Or oh me. <laughs> I'd rather you agree or disagree because if you disagree, we can, we can show you in the Word. If you agree, I want you to do something about it. Take it and make it your own. I'm not saying go walk around and say, I'm Jesus Christ. No. But He lives in you. The same power that raised Him from the dead lives in you and gives life to your mortal body. You have an unction from the Holy Ghost, just as he did. A knowing the mind of Christ is in you. The mind of God you can draw upon and he will reveal things to you, just as he did Jesus. She perceived, or he perceived, who she was, yes. And that's what prompted her to come on and tell the truth. But it was after she was healed. Right? She was already healed. Why is that important? What's God trying to show us right there? It shows that he didn't decide by sizing her up, examining her holiness, her worthiness, Decide whether he, she should be healed or not. She was already healed before he even knew who she was. Power has gone out from me. Who's touched? Who touched me? Everybody touched you. No one person touched him in the way he was talking about. That drew spiritually from his power. Right? He didn't decide to heal her. And God doesn't decide on a case-by-case -case basis whether to heal us, whether to provide for us, whether to bless us, whether to answer our prayers or not. 
That's what most people think, isn't it? They think, well, I'm going to bring my request to God and then He will evaluate them whether or not I have enough faith, whether or not I'm holy enough, whether or not based on my good deeds, my worthiness, just like the Old Testament, right? He's not looking at that. God's power today is governed by laws. Spiritual laws. Not case by case. He has, past tense, provided all that we need. Look in the first few scriptures of Peter. Look in the first few scriptures of Ephesians. Past tense. Already provided. All things pertaining to life. This life and godliness. Beloved, I wish that thou mayest prosper and be in good health, even as thy soul prospers. There is a correlation. If we put these laws in motion that govern God's power and authority, then his power will flow in our lives. It's just the truth. It's the spiritual truth. That we need to make our reality. It's already true. But for us to have evidence in the natural realm. Where we can take advantage and, and, and benefit from all these spiritual realities. We need faith. That's what this woman did. Amen. She was determined it's the ABCs of faith. She was determined and determination is a key ingredient. And I mean, it takes more than just getting on our hands and knees and throwing up a prayer. And if he hasn't done it by the time we get up and out the door, then he just didn't. He looked at it and he decided, no, not for him, not for her, not right now because they're... They're just not worthy. That's, it's not your worthiness anymore he's looking at. That's the, that's the beauty of salvation. When he sees you, he sees Jesus Christ. If indeed you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Unless you've been born again, you cannot see the things of God. The kingdom of God. That's what Jesus said in John 3.3. 3. But if you have, then all that Jesus has been credited with... Is on your account. Amen. What else did she do? What would else? What else are the key ingredients? Determination. Then she spoke her faith. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Amen. Isn't that what Jesus said in Matthew twelve thirty four? Out of the overflow of the the heart, the mouth will speak. If you're walking in faith, true faith, not just a hoping and a wishing in a natural way, true Christian hope is a confident expectation of good from God. So if you're really operating in faith, it will speak. Faith has feet too, doesn't it? That's the third thing she did. She acted on her faith. We saw that. However she got to him, I'm convinced it was on her hands and knees. And I think that's even cooler still. I can't wait to meet her. Amen. Amen. 
If I touch his clothes, I will be healed. I shall be healed. That's a confident expectation of good from God. She had her hope was in Jesus. She was operating in faith and she had all three ingredients. She was determined. She spoke it and she acted upon it. Look at James 2.17 just to finish off that last part. James is all the way right before Hebrews in the back. Well, Titus and Philemon. Oh, you know what? He's after Hebrews. That's a problem. I'm done right here, but I want to finish off show you right here in James. James 2... 17. So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. That's why I say faith has feet. James had people telling him how they were just standing in faith and they were just standing around doing nothing. He said, well, (laughs) you show me your faith without works, I'll show you mine by my works. In other words, real faith is going to compel you to do some things. Amen? It's not because of the things you do that you get the things that uh, it's already been granted. But that faith is what's compelling you, propelling you to to do the things that are necessary. So be determined. Speak your faith. And don't don't speak it and then turn around and hang up the phone and say, Oh, oh, I'm really believing God. By Jesus' stripes I am healed. I will live and not die and proclaim the works of the Lord. Oh man, I'm really sick. How are you doing today? like a tug of war faith and unbelief and it's going to stall your progress amen everything we need been provided I'm going to end here because I think he's made this point father thank you for this day thank you for your precious word Thank you for these simple truths today, for showing us, for helping us to understand how faith works. And it's not a a system, it's not a a one through five, but it's understanding the aspects of the spiritual realities, of the spiritual laws that you put in place for our benefit. So you want us to understand how to operate in them, how we've been doing it correctly or maybe incorrectly so that we can come to you and seek you to help us to make the changes needed. The course corrections that will make us stronger in faith, thereby receiving more of the things that you have for us, that we can fulfill the days that you have written out for us. Lord, let us all complete the good plan that you have for us. Let us not miss you, Lord. Let us not come to the end of our days and say, see that we pursued the wrong things for the wrong reasons. Help us to know the plans that you have for us and to walk in them and to receive all that you have provided by grace, by walking in faith, being determined to receive From you, all that you have provided for us as your children, as our inheritance, to speak our faith, 
and then to act upon it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, praise the Lord. I think... uh,